Hi, this is Chris Angelus, your host at Right at the Fork, a very important message for those of you, and we assume anybody listening to this podcast enjoys going out to eat. Well, you know you have fewer choices now. We've got a very special restaurant industry in Portland. It is now less special than it was uh, a couple of years ago before the coronavirus started. And restaurants, as you know, are undergoing some very, very, very extreme challenges. They keep getting worse. Things looked a little better. And then Omicron came about. We've got labor shortages, supply line problems. And so what restaurants don't have is the funds to move forward. There was a restaurant relief fund. It had been funded a couple of years ago. Nothing has been done. Many restaurants are now out in the cold trying to survive. And you can help by logging into saverestaurants.com slash call Congress or dialing 202-224-3121. That's 202-224-3121. It's been made very easy for you. All you do is click. There's even a script provided for you on what to say. And as you click through, you will hit the star button and make an additional call to an additional representative in your state and go over the script again. It'll take five minutes and it's very important. Restaurants need need your help now. Please take action. And thanks for listening to Right at the Fork. This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. You know, it's game time coming up. The big game. We, we're not allowed to say, oh, they are saying Super Bowl gathering well, it, on the it, Zupan's website. Yeah, it's it's all relative to how you're talking about it. Um, it's the it's the weird promo thing. You're familiar with this, Chris, with your ears and advertising. If but if you're just talking about the Super Bowl, it, you know you're going to watch the Super Bowl. We can say that right now. For years, you couldn't. You had to call it the big game, yeah. no matter how you were referring to it. But here it is. Whatever it is, it's the Super Bowl. I'm no longer into football, but I like a party. So you can create an MVP-worthy spread for your gathering, featuring wings, sliders, ribs. Texas queso and much more. You can order it online or just go to Zupan's uh, and pick it up before the game. You and I have been big fans of their meals ready to go that you can go and pick up. You can order ahead of time, um, different ways to do it. I've become such a big fan, Chris, and we've been talking about this as well, about the recipes that they provide on both their website and their weekly, if not daily newsletter that comes out. Um, they put out this one recently. It was like this pasta with their really delicious uh, sausages and their uh, marinara sauce. I made this. I followed the recipe exactly from Zupans.com. And I kid you not, my, my two daughters, they're teenagers. They thought that I had gone to the restaurant and purchased this food and brought it home to them because they were just so impressed at the quality and how it tasted. And it was so easy. I think I made it in maybe, I don't know, 30, 35 minutes. Wow. Good job. Yeah. So, and that's something very special to get high praise from uh, teenagers. Oh man. I was my, my 14 year old, my youngest is the most critical when it comes to food and she was going back for seconds and she was just baffled that I had actually made it. So again, if you're trying to up your dinner game, let Zupans help you not only with the finest quality ingredients, but with great recipes, which you can find on their website, uh, zupans.com. 
Let's not let it go without saying that Zupans has an incredible selection of sausages, since that's what you're making. Yep. And uh, I wanted to say one thing. I, I recently had a little West Coast reunion of my East Coast high school school friends uh, out here, and as a little going-away gift, I gave them some of the Christina's Puffcorn that's available at uh, Zupan's, and uh, I just waited for the text to come back after they had all left, and I asked everybody to tell me if they could get, if they could possibly accomplish eating them in uh, more than one bag opening and it's a really tough thing to do what i find interesting court is that when i first saw the christina's puffcorn it was just there were just a few bags at the checkout counter and now they've got barrels full of them in different parts of the store so they are popular that i can say yeah i and, and i can confirm the idea of you open the bag and suddenly you look down and you're more than halfway through that thing and you're like did i just do that yeah. yeah, it's there. It's dangerous stuff because it is food crack, and yep. of course, those of us who are watching our sugar really need to. The trick is you got to pour a little out in a little dish and then put it away because otherwise you're going through the whole bag. Sure, three locations to serve you: McAdam, West Burnside, Lake Oswego, and sign up for that news feed and get great recipes and great deals on their website, zoopans.com. All right, here it is. Time once again. It's Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It's right at the fork with your host, Chris Angelis from Portland Food Adventures. And I'm Court Johnson from Portland Radio, kink.fm. How's it going in the radio world there, Court? You know, just uh, uh, trudging along. I think, uh, you know, like a lot of uh, places, you know, we're still living in this. I, I don't I hate to do this, Chris. The, I'm doing quotation marks. You can't see me right now. But new normal. And, uh, you know, you know, radio just uh, just plugs along so things are good i I actually haven't been into a live studio since before christmas with omicron coming back in um decided to play it safe and i can broadcast my show safely from home so here i'm i do my my show every night from my dining room table i haven't been in the studio for almost two years like in a week yeah i've been two years that's right and uh, we finally got me an excellent mic, so we're hoping that I sound a little better. I, I don't necessarily know that I can up my game in terms of sounding intelligent, but as far as audio quality, it should be better now, and we'd love to hear your comments thereof um, to hear how we're doing in that regard. But yes, no, I haven't been in the studio for a long time, Court, and I'm now at the point in the beginning I was I was fighting getting comfortable not being in the studio with guests and uh now i i'm just fine with being able to record from the comfort of my home without going into portland i do miss i used to gang up all my social and business errands around our podcast report recording so i'm just coming in less than i was then but we'll see we'll find an equilibrium yeah, it, it is interesting because, you know, you hear nationally about the they call it the great resignation, all these people that have been quitting their jobs more than normal over the past six, seven, eight months. And I think it has almost everything to do with people working from home for a long while and then maybe going having to go back into the office and realizing, 
oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. I don't either don't want to go see these people or I don't want to be doing this thing there. And so, uh, but I think it, you know, we all kind of made adjustments and some of them have been for, for the better. And some of them have not been for the better because I miss seeing you in person, Chris, we actually uh, hung out with each other for a little bit about a week and a half ago. And it was great to see you. Yeah. And it was great to have you pick me up with, in my disabled car. Yeah. I appreciate that. But, you know, it's funny you say that because my, uh, my son uh, is in tech and he worked uh, from home for a good part of the pandemic and he's back at work now and he just is not happy about that at all. Yeah. And just, but yeah, I, I, you know, I saw the benefits of working remotely back in 1995. I've been self-employed and working out of my home office since then. So I, I can't argue with my son on that. But, you know, now he may be able to find something that's a little more flexible um, moving forward. But, yeah. yes, you do get used to it, and it requires discipline. When I first started working from my home, I was way more disciplined than I am 27 years later. So, right. uh, but I've, I've got my routines. Yeah, definitely is, uh, has been an adjustment for a lot of people. So Chris, I, I wanted to bring this up cause it's a pretty exciting week. Not only did, um, some rodent back East tell us that we've got, uh, six more weeks of winter, but, um, this is the week where we can start thinking about, uh, sunnier times and maybe hitting a river with you in this, in the summertime, right? Yes, very quickly. We have two awesome trips. This is the second year that we've done this. This is our quote unquote pivot court so um, that we did last year uh, on the S Snake River, Hell's Canyon, which is one of the most beautiful places on earth. Four days, uh, four, yeah, f actually five days, four nights with two of the greatest guys you could go with who are outdoors people, um, both Leif Gildersleeve of Flying Fish, and of course, we love our ringside and we love Jonathan Gill, who I had seen for years on Facebook out uh, doing his fishing and whatever one does outdoors. And uh, last year, Jonathan was the first gentleman in 40 years of Canyon Outfitters doing these trips out there where one person did the entire 30 plus miles of the part of Hell's Canyon that we float uh, in a kayak without falling, tipping over once. That was jo Chef Jonathan from Ringside. And then on the other trip, it's Leaf Gildersleeve and Eric, Chef Eric England from um, Flying Fish and watching, being able to watch Leaf Fish, who grew up in a fishmonger family in Idaho, is really a treat. And it embodies everything that I wanted to set out doing with our trips when we started going to Europe years ago, where you get to see chefs and restaurant owners in their native environments. And if there is, if there's ever anybody who belonged on a river with a fishing pole in his hand, it's Leaf Gildersleeve. So we've got two dates. Uh, one is July 17th, launching with Flying Fish, and the other one is um, on August 21st with Jonathan from Ringside. Both uh, both are operated by Canyon Outfitters, and they've been on that river for years decades um and this may be their last year of george and lynette 
Canyon Outfitters will live on, but George and Lynette Hauptman, who will be on the podcast someday, who are Oregon icons, and I would say anybody who wants to uh, go on that river, they need to do it this year <laughs> so they can uh, have the experience of going with George and Lynette, who tell incredible stories along the way and know the river and, you're in, and can cook like crazy. Great food. Fried chicken on the river. Um, but also, Jonathan and Eric and Leaf will be cooking as well. So find that at PortlandFoodAdventures.com, where you can also find our Europe trips. Uh, we have room to Western Sicily in September with Austria Ensign, and we'd love you to join us there. And of course, we're almost sold out, uh, pretty much sold out to um, Spain with the folks from Urdaneta, Javier and JL Canteras. That's there too. Uh, so check that out at portlandfoodadventures.com. But before you do that, listen to this great podcast episode we have today with Garrett Peck, formerly of everything, uh, of Imperial, Heathman, The Crown, Rosa Rosa. He was the general manager for all of the Paley's Group hotel restaurants in Portland. And some people may know it was about a year ago that he and his and his wife Joni decided to um, pack it up and move to Sisters, Oregon. They have since connected with the Gorhams, John and Renee, and they are in the process of opening a new restaurant in probably the spring, working on it now. And Garrett also, in the meantime, is, is, has put together a great tasting room for Domain Serene in Bend. And if you listen to the end of the podcast, you'll get the benefit of uh, the hostess with the most is his recommendations of kind of the sleeper spots to go in Bend if you're going down there anytime, uh, especially over the summer. He gives his recommendations. And their restaurant, Rancher Butcher Chef, will be open by the summer, and you're going to want to stop in there. That is an incredible opportunity with the uh, Gorham's, formerly of Toro Bravo and Tasty and uh, MEC and other other restaurants, Fame, um, opening down in uh, in Bend. Uh, with Garrett and uh, a few other people too. We talk about the genesis of that restaurant, how the connection was made, and also the how the uh, how Garrett and Joni decided to move to Sisters, how that came about, and uh, also we continue our little tribute to the Paleys because Garrett was very close with Vitaly and Kimberly, and we thought might be nice to uh, to continue beyond Patrick McKee a couple of weeks ago, which you need to listen to. Anybody who hasn't listened back into the archives need to listen to that and the interview with Vitaly and Kimberly, which kicked off this year. And, um, and so we talked to Garrett a little bit about his experience with Vitaly and Kimberly, what he took from them, uh, and how they live on in his heart and his professionalism. Too. So this is Garrett Peck, and as part of our doing this remotely, it, we're, it's a little more conducive to do interviews with folks in, in faraway places. Bend isn't too far, but, uh, but right now it'll be right here with you. Garrett Peck, Rancher Butcher Chef, opening this year. Right at the Fork is brought to you by... 
Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupan's and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupan's is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland, West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years. Zupan's Markets. And by Portland Food Adventures. Join our host, Chris Angelis, and his colleague, Austri Enzyme, next September for a wildly delicious adventure through Western Sicily. Palermo, Marsala, and lots in between. Book now to make sure you don't miss the best of Sicily. Since 2015, PFA has been taking Portlanders on incredible journeys with Portland chefs and artisans to Europe and beyond. Check out the Trips tab at PortlandFoodAdventures.com for Sicily, Spain, and more. Or contact Chris through the website right now while you're listening to the podcast. So you're you're down at the coast right now, eh? I'm where the weather has been just spectacular this oh, weekend. Man. And Corda and I decided uh, last week, as a matter of fact, to stop talking about the weather on the podcast because a lot of people listen into the archives. So someone listening in March, and besides, most people don't. They live in Portland. Most of our listeners, they don't need to hear a coastal weather forecast from this week, last week, next week, or four weeks from now. But it has been unusually shitty here this winter. So it, when we do get sun, it's uh, it's been spectacular. So um, right on. It, yeah, we're, it's nice. How about in Bend? How about in uh, Sisters Way? Well, You're well, out sisters here in, and Bend. Yeah, out here in Sisters Country, man, the weather's always beautiful. We had um, we had some nice snow in February or uh, in in early January, and and now that we're heading into February, we're heading into these stretches of beautiful sunny days. Today was a cool, crisp forty degrees, and I think we woke up this morning. It was twenty degrees. It's awesome. Yeah, but. You're a Montana man, so this means that's all good. Yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing bad here. <laughs> right, I feel that way about Oregon in general because coming from the Northeast, uh, I'm just happy to be not be shoveling snow and looking at weather reports. And oh, yeah. of course, you go way back, school closings and all that shit. Oh, but yeah. we had nothing compared to what has been going on the last couple of years for parents of children at home. Yeah, that COVID thing, man, what a drag. It just keeps on coming. It's a beautiful thing. And I say that uh, completely facetiously. It's not beautiful. However, there is serendipity in COVID. And part of that is that you were kind of forced to make a life change. It's pro- I don't, I'm going to guess it's not something you were going to have done had COVID not hit, at least at this point in your life? No, I mean, Paley Hospitality was rolling and, and the restaurants were, were doing were doing quite well. And Imperial was, was having a bit of a resurgence and Rosa was starting to get going and Headwaters was really, really, really hitting its stride with Chef Michael Campbell at the helm. Boy, it was, um, it, it, everything was going strong until February. Yeah, well, and also, we've mentioned this before on the podcast, and I spoke about it with uh, Vitaly and Kimberly a few weeks ago. There was a period where it looked like you all and David Machado and whoever was opening restaurants in 
hotels looked like geniuses and that looked like the way to go and who could foresee what was coming down the pike where it would be the last place you wanted to have a restaurant well i think you know covid i i think and i firmly believe that there was many of us had had covid you know we we felt like we could win we really could you know we could turn the tide and and get people healthy get people vaccinated you know get on the right track and i remember saying goodbye to all the staff members at a variety of meetings that we were having as we were closing the restaurants we'll see you in a couple of weeks we'll see you in a couple of months worst case scenario and you know i felt like the the covid and and the pandemic was was a beatable thing it was everything else that was happening downtown that really started to change the landscape and that is really what forced the closure of many restaurants you know as we saw a week ago nate tilden decided to close clyde common you know i mean it's just so many places bistro agnes by g and g they decided to close um you know i mean there's just so many places downtown that just are not can't possibly make it until somebody does something about downtown you know whether it's it's the the crime the houselessness the alt-right the alt-left bidding each other's up and using the downtown core as its battleground i mean it's just it was terrible it was abandonment yeah we were down there last weekend and uh you know what i thought was extremely sad i was describing uh, Maurice to my girlfriend and I said let's go down there I don't know if they're open right now it's a Saturday but it's this beautiful you know any anyone would love Maurice and I knew she would too and I was describing it as this beautiful white little diner you know dinerette and as we walk by there's it's boarded up all painted black it was the exact opposite of what one would expect from Maurice. I mean, I feel just, I mean, stepping into Maurice was always like stepping into a time capsule, like you'd walked up some alley in Paris or something. I mean, it was, I feel so bad for, for Kristen. I mean, it's just, and everybody downtown, I feel bad for my friend Kate at Oregon Wines on Broadway and, and my friends who, you know, work in Morgan's Alley and have a, you know, have offices on the fifth floor. I mean, it's just, it's, I just, can't understand how the people that are running the show can let the demise of a city that we built from a food and beverage standpoint, from a culinary standpoint, we built the Portland brand. You know, I've been downtown for 20 years since 1998 at Jake's Famous. And, you know, there were many chefs, many general managers, many sommeliers, many servers, bartenders, many, many men and many women who have, you know, busted their hides for, for the Portland brand and just to be abandoned by the city was, that's the ultimate, you know, that was the ultimate reason for leaving. And that was a while ago. It still hasn't been addressed, really. I mean, and by the way, I just want to make it very clear in case anybody's listening to this and they assume Maurice is closed. No, it's not closed. It was just boarded up. And I don't know whether that was because Kristen is on, uh, is, is away and giving the restaurant a hiatus or not, but it's not closed. But Yes, uh, they still haven't done anything, as far as I know. I'm not in the middle of it, but I, I hear what may or may not be going on, and they still really don't have a plan 
for the crime. So I find it interesting that you think that if it hadn't been for the the awful situation downtown that had it just been for COVID, you still might have made it. I mean, you were relying also not only on uh, a great local clientele, but you know, those hotels had to rely on tourism. Oh, the, you think we, two years yeah, I mean, two years of problem tourism might have helped might have not been the obstacle that killed you? I, I think that had Tourism was definitely, and filling those hotels was definitely a plan that we needed to have in place. We, we need men and women to be traveling. We need people to be inside of, of the hotels in order for the restaurants to be successful. We need men and women downtown working and, and planning and going out for lunch and doing their business meetings, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, we need all of that because we had big restaurants. But COVID and it's ebb and flow, we had other ways to, to, to do things, you know, but people just don't want to go downtown now. They don't want to work downtown. They don't want to be downtown. And that was starting to really take hold over a year ago. And, 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 it, and that's just the unfortunate demise of the downtown core. I mean, COVID was one thing, but all the other issues that we've mentioned are, are what They're completely big. took over the city, the crime, the violence, the houselessness. I mean, we built a beautiful patio and, and only to have, you know, our windows busted out, our doors broken into, um, our, our planters, you know, decapitated and tossed into the street. Um, people walking by and grabbing food off of customers' plates, managers getting shoved up against windows with machetes and crowbars, I mean, it, it turned into a, a place where nobody wanted to go. Managers didn't want to work. They were scared. We were closing at 8. It was just, it was impossible. It's a sad state of affairs. I feel bad for downtown Portland. That sounds like a, a horror, like a horror science fiction movie from the future. I mean, it's that, it is that. And, you know, you're, <laughs> uh, you're your friend, the, your friends, the Gorums, they went through the same thing and they were, you know, pretty, the very successful operators downtown and they didn't last very long at all from the beginning. The, the vandalism didn't stop from the day they were giving out free food to the industry and to houseless people as well or anybody. Anybody, wanted. anybody who wanted. They yeah. had that brown bag going on at, at, at their place in the Pearl, but more, I mean, vandalism was rampant and, and I, just read the Willamette Week a few days ago, and and of course every storefront doesn't doesn't matter if you're a restaurant, a bar, laundromat, everybody's getting their 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 doors busted into. Um, I mean, there was a lady on Hawthorne who had her little her little secondhand shop. Somebody threw a rock through the building, went in there and ripped off her iPad and a bunch of jewelry out of the case. I mean, it's like weekly they do wh that. Wh so when is she this going to stop? Replaces it. You know? Yeah, I just saw our, our friend, uh, you know, Pablo Portilla, who used to work with Nick Zukin, um, recently at Republica. Two days ago, his windows were smashed in, and they they ripped off his beautiful leather aprons that they had at Republica. It's like, what the fuck? I mean, why do they need those? You know? Yeah, so. I, I I don't know. That's it's just absolutely stunning, and you know, I just more more reasons that. 
you know, that we felt, you know, just to, to decommission Imperial and Headwaters and the Crown and Rosa was, it, it was only time we were going to lose everything. And we just decided not to lose anymore and, and close the doors. So how did that, that had to be a heartbreaking uh, process to get to that decision because it's not something that you're going to, it's not something you wanted to do at all. And I'm sure you held on. I'm guessing you held on maybe a little further than for a little longer than you should have. It was, it was, it truly was gut wrenching, you know, and, and I will say that, you know, there were decisions that were hard and very difficult, especially when it's something that you worked every single day at 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week at, and you built it from scratch by hand. Um, you know, Vitaly and Kimberly and Marcel and I built all that stuff from nothing, you know, and we managed to, to save as much money as we possibly could by being, you know, by, by being frugal and, and just to see it, you know, go up in a matter of, of months was very, very difficult to, to watch. Well, I'll tell you what, the last time I saw you was down in Bend with a big smile on your face. So things I'd like to hear, uh, can you describe the moment with Joni where you, I guess, must have had a few conversations, a conversation, and sisters came into the into the mix? Because you didn't have a gig to move down there. No, as, we, we didn't have a I understand gig. It. We didn't have much. You know, we we were on a van trip at the end of 19, 2000, 2000, no, 2020. And, and we were, had closed the restaurants and we we're just trying to figure stuff out. And so we went to the desert and, um, by ourselves and our dog and, and decided that we were going to take a trip. And then we ended up in sisters and we've been coming out here for years. Joni used to own a house at Black Butte and, and we came out here for our wedding and had a big party at Subtle Lake and Camp Sherman. We've been on many, many experiences. I brought my kids to Subtle Lake back in the day. And so we've, we've always had this, like everybody in Oregon, everybody loves to come to Sisters Country, loves to come to Deschutes County. And, and we stopped in November right after the election and, and had a few days in Sisters and it snowed and the, the clouds had parted and the, the three sisters were lined right up next to Broken Top. And Joni had this epiphany, this angelic moment and called me outside to take the dog for a walk. And we just stood there and looked and she turned around and looked at me and says, we're out of here. We're leaving Portland. We're done. And that was the moment. And we just put everything forward and made it happen. Made it happen in a matter of 60 days. It was done. We were we were out here okay. by the end of January. That That's pretty year. quick, especially how long had you been in Portland, uh, both of you, before that? Joni was born and raised in Portland. I moved in Portland uh, to Portland in 1997 okay. and started working downtown. And Joni was born right, and so raised, so that's a long. That's, I mean, I'm 55, so right. it's a while. Well, it's interesting because um, you know Vitaly and Kimberly described the. The moment that Kimberly went to Vitaly and said, I, I know how we're going to close Paley's place. I got it. And you, 
in this in the same vein, it was Joni who said to you, "I got the plan." So we all we yeah. all need a wonderful woman in our lives to help guide us. We I guess, sure do, or, up, or have epiphanies. Yeah. Um, so from that point on, I remember when I had my. I didn't have a woman do it, but I had my Oregon epiphany in Bandon, and I thought I could move here. From that moment on, it's just nothing but excitement. I think now you had some some shit to deal with in Portland in closing the restaurants, but at least at that point you had something exciting to look forward to. And were you able to, you know, depending on where you are in your life and the experiences people have had, you're you're either able to quickly understand I've got adventures in front of me and I'm excited by it, or Lots of times, the unsurety of the future freaks people out. So, where were you on that? Well, we we were we were pretty good about um, sucking some money away, taking care of the retirement funds. We were pretty good about um, where we landed with our house because we lived downtown. We worked downtown and we lived downtown, so we were pretty in pretty good spots with all of that stuff, and we knew that we could do a move and land somewhere that was starting to to grow and secure decent work. We we knew that we could start the start the motor back up. You know, I've got five, seven, ten years more of work and then I I don't want to work that hard really anymore. It's just too it's too much. So we knew that that a little wind down would be good and Central Oregon was going to be the spot. It's it was equitable out here. It's beautiful out here. It's it's part of the blood that Joni and I have created of of riding and biking and hiking and paddleboarding and walking the dog and skiing and you know doing I mean this is the the perfect spot for that and combine it with some work and have a work life balance finally. Wow, I mean that's that's the spot, you know, work less, play more. Well, so uh, we'll talk about what you're doing right now. In the, the first thing that I heard about uh, after a while was that you uh, hooked up with the Gorums. And I thought that is an awesome marriage, so to speak, or business marriage and friendship. Wow. Talk about a lot of power getting together and, and to do something. And l- I will tell you that I, at one point, John Gorham said to me, I'm not going to sign a paycheck ever again, I, meaning he's not going to open a restaurant again. He, he wanted to forego that. So could you talk about how you all, um, you know, they moved out there. Did it happen after they moved out there? They, how did you guys hook up? How did that, what's the genesis of, of RB? See, I have to keep thinking about all the iterations. RBC, it be. Rancher Butcher it's Chef. It's Rancher yeah. Butcher Chef. Yeah. I, I thought about it before this podcast. It was the first time I really got it all together. But it's RBC, Rancher Butcher Chef. You're do, ranch, Rancher Butcher Chef. You're, you've been doing pop-ups for a little while that just preview to the folks in Bend what you plan on doing. But I'm sorry. I went on here. Talk about how you put that together. Well, we... They had moved out here uh, four to six months before we moved out here, um, and they moved to to Redmond um, for you know reasons that we all know. Um, they left their their restaurants behind and and moved, and and we um, we'd always have been friends. Renee and I, um, she worked 
for many years for Kimberly and Vitaly. Um, John also worked for Kimberly and Vitaly in the early days. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that he'd been there. I knew Renee was. Yeah, they I think I think a lot of a lot of chefs, surprisingly, surprising, you'd be surprised how many how many chefs came out of that kitchen that Vitaly had had cultivated. Oh. Yeah, no, I'm aware of that. I didn't know that John was one of them. I mean, I know Gabriel and and, uh, and Jason French and I, I think it was I think Benny. it was Gabe, J- Jason, and Benny. Like and and John were all in on the line at the same time at one point in time. Oh my god! If I, I remember I the pic- if I remember the legends correctly, I don't know. It's it's all it's all like stuff I've I've only heard right. Um, I want the video of that. Uh, not only do I want the food, I want to taste it, but I want the video of that. And, and I wasn't around, so I can't really corroborate. I've only I've only heard the stories. But we we moved out here, and I had actually come out a couple of times in December after we had made the decision to meet with some restaurant tours in in Bend. And and when I did that, Joni was like, "Man, you should you should just call Renee," you know. Joni and Renee have always been pals. They've always, um, uh, we've always, you know, gone to each other's openings and, and piled around together and blah, blah, blah. So Joni was like, I'll just reach out to Renee. So I just shot her a text and, and she was like, oh my gosh, that's so great. Wow. I can't believe you guys are moving out here. That's so cool. We're going to have some friends to hang out with. And then we started texting and going to coffee and Joni was like, man, they got something going on. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, John, you know, I, I talked to John and he's, he was never really interested in doing the restaurant thing again. And he was looking at right. consulting and doing the bull and bee hospitality and, you know, chef for hire type stuff. And, and, um, and, and so as time went on for the summertime or the early spring, I should say of 2021, we started to, um, pal around together and and we started to have dinners over at john and renee's place and then one thing led to another and we just were like we've got this opportunity you what do you think g and i was like i was like yeah let's go you know we both got some we both have gas in the tank all of us have gas in the tank Joni wants to be part of it renee's obviously part of it john's part of it um and so this whole small restaurant hospitality um began to group started to kind of meld and blend and blossom while hanging around at John's house, um, eating and drinking wine as, as all good ideas do. Right. So that's how RBC really got started. And of course there, there's the, the Von Schlegels who, um, are the rancher part and they've got cattle down in Klamath and run a lot of acreage and, um, also asked us to to be partners as well. So it just all made sense from a central Oregon point of view. So that concept was already gelling. It wasn't let's get together and do something. What should we do? That concept was already on the table. That concept was gelling and John was wrapping his head around. And then when I came into the picture, it really started to ferment as well. And they were going to do the project whether I had moved to Central Oregon or not. The project was was starting to gain some traction and some legs. So yes, that's a fact. And then when I landed, it was just this makes perfect sense. Let's get Garrett involved. And so um, 
that it's going to take a little while. It, from that point, it has taken a while. You know, construction is a little difficult at this point in time. Yeah, we projected. Yeah, we projected October. What month is it now? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's January or February, or depending on when someone's listening to this. I mean, I mean, Bend is Bend is great. Bend is beautiful. Bend is amazing. But you know, there are things. Things can be slow. Um, they can be COVID slow. They can be because the permit system, you know, started a new, started a, a new programming. Um, th- there's a variety of reasons why October didn't happen, but, um, we are looking down, um, down the barrel of, of an, of a later spring, early, early summer opening for Rancher Butcher Chef. So things are in motion. The mechanical is there. The hoods have arrived. Equipment has, we've, we've purchased most of the equipment, the tables, the chairs, I mean, everything has literally has landed in John's garage. I think he's parking on the street now because it's full because we don't have a restaurant space to put it all into. Yeah. Well, that's good. He's in a city where his car is probably okay. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he could be doing that in Portland right now. So, um, so, well, that's cool. So talk, let's, b- before we go to what you're doing in the interim, just to keep yourself going. And I don't know if you're going to continue after Rancher Butcher Chef opens, but let's, let's talk a little bit about the concept of RBC and uh, what it's going to look like, the space. I guess you have an address, right? That's a nice little area right there near the, uh, the Grove, the they call it. Yeah. They, they call yeah. it the Grove. Um, there's currently two buildings on the site and there's going to be a third behind the main building, um, off Northwest crossing drive. And, and, um, it's a beautiful part of town up on the hill, right by summit high school. Um, a newer, a newer part of bend. Um, but, a but nonetheless, um, a, a beautiful section of bend, lots of forest, lots of trees and a lot of new houses as, as bend kind of stretches, the hill towards, towards, um, Tumalo and of course, Bachelor. Um, so yeah, it's, it's right there. It's right next to Waypoint, which is anchored by Bend Brewing Company has their little cocktail bar there. And there's a, a food hall called the Grove, which is, um, Sebastian seafood market. Tiapas is in there. Thump coffees in there. Left coast burgers in there. Some other pals of ours who helped us open Imperial are going in there um, with Sunny Corello's, a little Italian um, food cart joint, which we're pretty excited about. So yeah, that's that's happening all right there, and then we're adjacent to that, right across a few steps across the parking lot. Um, we'll be Rancher Butcher Chef. The plumbing's in, the sewers in, everything's in. We're waiting for the the electrical to sign off, and then we 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 lay the concrete. So tell me how you got to the idea that this should be a vegan place. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> the vegetables, well, their vegetables here are plenty. So there's going to be plenty of vegetables. But John had always, um, he'd always wanted uh, to get back to the butcher counter. Um, Which is where he started at Beyond. He didn't start, but he was there a long time ago. He, he was there at City Market a while ago. Yeah, I... I I can't even remember that that time period, but that was after Paley's, um, and I believe and that before was Tasty, before and, Toro. and before Toro. Yep, yep. Right. And um, so he he want he always when the whole rancher butcher came up, then the rancher came from the 
using the cattle that go into the cooperative from the Von Schlegel family uh, ranch was really how this began to like, like spin. And, um, and then the butcher counter restaurant came to fruition. And, um, and, and that is really the premise of, of how Rancher Butcher Chef will operate. Summit High School is literally right next door. There's lots of families, lots of kids. So lunchtime quick bites, um, butcher counter to take something home and grill it. And then if you want to come in and have dinner, there'll be a 60 seat dining room with a full bar, full wine list, full beer list. Chris, we are going to pause here a moment to talk about one of our favorite places to eat here in Portland, a uh, Portland institution, as it were, Ringside Steakhouse. Yeah, and uh, 78 years, I understand now. Man, it was the 75th pre-pandemic, and now, boy, that that time went fast. 78 years. We should cover the necessary particulars about what they're doing now. They're offering indoor dining and uh, heated and covered outdoor dining, and they're also doing to go, which I want to talk about in a second, but also they're doing seating in the bar as though it was the restaurant. So that beautiful bar that they just renovated a few years ago is now kind of part of the dining room, but it's it's got a cool vibe to it. So um, so all sorts of the hours are uh, 4 to 9 on weekends or 4 to 9.30 on Saturday, actually. 4.30 to 9.30 on Friday, 5 to 9, Wednesday and Thursday. So they're closed now on Monday and Tuesday. Although if you check in, sometimes they will be open on Tuesday. Um, also this week uh, coming up, they're going to be closed Sunday for Super Bowl Sunday. I once went in for a happy hour a few years ago and learned that the hard way. So they're not open on Super Bowl Sunday, but they are open the day after on Valentine's Day for reservations, 4 to 9 p.m. And also, if you call an hour and a half, ahead you can get to go your food to go i just did a party with 10 people at my house ringside provided all the food and it was spectacular we had new york strip boneless new york strip steaks which were easy for me to do on the grill and then slice up the mashed potatoes all sous vide were fantastic we got ingredients for salad hazelnuts two types of dressing green beans, uh, and oh, lobster tails as well. And uh, it was really easy to do. And also for dessert, very simple, some of the best toffee you're ever going to have. You just throw that on a plate and it's all good. So we were looking for something that was less work intensive and ringside provided it. It's very nice. So whether it be for a special occasion like Valentine's Day, and we should recommend get those reservations made right away, or a special occasion happening at your place, Ringside Steakhouse has you covered. Yeah, and you can find them on Open Table or at ringsidesteakhouse.com for reservations, or you can call them at 503-223-1513. That's 223-1513 for reservations and uh, to order something to go. So, as you're describing this, I'm sure you're, whatever you all do is going to be fantastic unto itself. But the closest I can think in Portland to what you're describing would be 
and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Laurelhurst Market, something similar to that. I know you would never want to say we're going to duplicate that, but you know they have the they have the the counter. Yeah, I mean, and- if, yeah, I mean, if you wanted to like go, well, what is that like? Yeah, I mean, it would, it's a modern, it's a modern steakhouse with a butcher shop. Right. And yeah. I know I, I want to reiterate, no one said, let's do a Laurelhurst market. I'm just saying that as you describe it, and I'm thinking of what I know, that it sounds like that. So Yeah, John John bought a, uh, he, we have a dry age, uh, a piece of equipment that, that ages beef. Um, we've, we've got a, a pretty large smoker um, that he had from the Johnson brothers built down, down in Texas that that's landed. We actually used it. I think you had some brisket out of it um, a few months back when we were doing our pop-ups. Um, he brought his nephew up from from Greenville as well, who had been working at some barbecue joints around. And so, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna dabble a little bit into the barbecue as well, and and see where that lands. Nothing has been set in stone except for the fact that it's a three thousand square foot restaurant, sixty seats, nice outdoor patio. Um, that'll utilizing be seen, excellent beef. That'll be right. utilizing excellent beef from around the Klamath Basin. Yes, right. And, and not oh, only that's... and not only just just beef from the Von Schlegel Ranch or or from the cooperative, but you know dry aged stuff from around. I mean, if we get in some Snake River stuff, or if we get some stuff from Carmen Ranch, who, who John also loves and adores, um, you know their style. And there's a lot of ranches around Central Oregon that are doing that same style of these are the cattle. These are where they're raised. Nothing is brought in. Um, Pole Creek Ranch, mm-hmm. just across the house, just across the street from our current house, is a good example of 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 what the what Riley's doing and running some red some red Angus. It's absolutely divine, and nothing is brought from the outside in. It's all cattle from here, and half the farm they 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 bale the hay and they feed that they feed the cattle over the winter time. That sounds, uh, you know, just, I'm just getting hungry listening to it. It's um, so there's lots of there's lots of rancher butcher stuff to be had around here, and then of course, you know, John being the chef, he'll he's he's got the tasty touch for sure. Yeah, he does. And when I did come down for the pop up, I the food was fantastic. Of course, I expected the brisket to be incredible, and there were some other dishes. But I got to tell you, seeing. You and Joni and John and Renee with big shit-eating grins on your face. Faces. <laughs> you don't have one fa- one collective face. But on your faces made me uh, – I, I made that trip from the coast just to be able to see that, and I did. And uh, I'm just so happy for all of you. And I, I think, you know, there are – you're all relatively young, and there are new chapters in life. And it's – you know, you never – you never know what's going to happen, and who knew what was coming down the pike? But for you all, who to, knew? Uh, yeah, but to for you to all be landing on your feet, and um, I think that's fantastic. But in the interim, as we alluded to, it's taking a while to get RBC up to up and running. So um, you have to put some you have to put some uh, some food on the table, and in the meanwhile, what are you? What, what's keeping you busy? Well, you know, I, I, we're, we're building a, we're building a small, modest house here in Sisters, and we just had to have that mortgage check. So, with RBC getting pushed out, it was like, ah, what are we going to do? So, I have some pals at Domain Serene who have opened up this really, really, really cool, uh, 
wine lounge in downtown Bent on the corner of, of Bond in Minnesota, historic building. And they were in need of a GM and, and somebody who, who could open this lounge and be the boots on the ground for them and their eyes and their ears and, and really help them get this going. And so my friend, Jen, who's the director of hospitality was like, Oh, Garrett, man, you're out there. Come check out this project. So I, when I checked it out with her and we talked a little bit and I told her about my timeline and how RBC was coming along. And so she, she asked me to, to come along and help her out and get this baby going. So that way she didn't have to move to, to bend with two children and, and attempt to get a big lounge going for the company, um, which would be very difficult to do in, in her position right all, all the other restaurants and lounges and, and um, the facility at Dayton going on, you know, there's, there's just so much to do. So she employed them in Domain Serene, which I've known since my Philippe Boulot days, um, way back in 2000, 2004, 2005, 2006, we used to cook for those guys um, when Tony Renders was the winemaker. I mean, it, it, it just was like, I'll love to help you out. Here's, you know, what can we do? And so she, uh, she put me to the task and, and we hired 16, 18 beautiful men and women from, from here in central Oregon. And they're, we finally, we opened the lounge. We did eight weeks of training and now we have four weeks of being open under our belt. So how's it going? It's going great, man. It it is. It's really, really a cool build out, a great concept, um, a great location. And it's been going great. It's, it's the best I could have ever have expected. I've done a few openings in my time. So I really took it with a grain and salt. We did it calmly. And I'm, I'm grateful that domain had, you know, allowed us the eight weeks of training prior to opening the restaurant, because that was absolutely critical to get the culture down. We even sent the wine specialists over, over the mountain to Dayton for three days to do some training over there. So it was, if you do the training, right, you get the end result is you get a protein on both sides, FOH and BOH. So I feel fortunate to be part of that team. And kind of shake the dust so off the, a little bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's and it's in a you'll have a you have a little dust to shake off. Too. Yeah. Um, so uh, I and I don't I, I meant uh, geographic dust, you know, bend dust. There's got it's got to be that. So let me. Uh, so what's the what's the experience at the wine uh, at the lounge? What is that? Uh, what kind of things do you offer there? Well, we have a great food menu, but most of it is offering domain serene wines. Um, with the three band, the three brands, the 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 Maison Evanstead, a Negociant barrel project, and then the Chateau de la Cray, which is a um, a chateau that that Domain bought in 2015, and they are using about 45. We have about 41 acres of um, of vineyards in in the Cote d'Or, so all along Burgundy. And um, in, in the facilities in Santanae. And then we have um, Domain Serene, the, the portfolio from Domain Serene. It's over, over, I think, over 70, 80 different SKUs of wine that are being produced currently wow. by Domain Serene that we offer at the lounge. 
bubbles to obviously our, our wine is Chardonnay and Pinot. But it, it's pretty great. And then a great food menu that Chef Ryan has put together to complement said wines. Cheese, charcuterie, um, some small bites. And then we've got a full entree list, six, seven different entrees. And how's that been going through this uh, latest? You, you opened, obviously, it sounds like right as Omicron was coming into play. How's that been going? For you? Well, it was a little, you know, we've had some people not be able to come to work. So it, it's been tough. And finding, you know, good employees in in Central Oregon is also tough, just like it is everywhere. So we've just had to play with, you know, we've, we've had to do what we can do. You can really manage it from the front door. If you don't have a lot of people, just clap the reservations down. So it, it's all about, you know, hospitality and what can, what can the restaurant do. Okay. So how do people, um, let's drive them to a website uh, so that they can make plans to come down there. I would say, you know, if they want to do it now, great. Wait until they can also go to RBC and, and do a food and wine crawl. Domain Serene, Ben.com. Ben. So you add Ben on it. Yep. Add Ben on it. Yep. Great. So yeah. uh, is that something you plan on continuing once RBC opens? Um, no, I will I, I will leave gig? I will leave uh, Domain Serene and focus on RBC at the end of at the end of March. Oh, that's coming up soon. Yeah. So well, they were fortunate to have you there and I'm sure you'll leave it in good hands and running like a top. Yeah. So um, or like a wine cork. Yep. Spinning, yep. spinning wine for it. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, we just uh, earlier this year, we had occasion to speak with Vitaly and Kimberly about the closing of Paley's Place. And it's no secret that you were uh, fully integrated into the whole Paley's world for quite a long time. So not many people... There are a lot of people, as you mentioned, who know the Paley's, who worked for the Paley's over the years, but not as many who were as intimately involved as you had been uh, over, I, I, you tell me, but as a, at least the last 10 years, right? Or not, not well, we, oh, since Imperial opened. Yeah, we started in 2012. Um, we started working together and, and, and we were shoulder to shoulder um, all the way through 2000, you know, till we closed the restaurants in the beginning of, of 20, you know. And so it's your charge to, to general manage all of the properties downtown, not Paley's Place, although I, I had occasion at times to know that you were, you know, you were a little in, involved with that when you had to be or when you could. But all your charge were all the downtown properties. All the downtown was, properties, yep. Yep, that right. was that was my, my charge and as partner, uh, owner, operator, you know, to be right, to be right there as the face of the front of the house to represent the, the Paley brand, which is known for, you know, quality food and quality hospitality and quality pricing. I always told people if they needed to know one person in Portland, if they wanted to make sure that they had a friend in, uh, at the front of the house to make sure you know Garrett Peck. Um, <laughs> thank you. So, <laughs> well, 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 you were great at what you 
you're great at what you do, and on top of that, you know, there were some great restaurants there that anybody you know would want to frequent. And so to know you there, it was always a, it was a nice thing. Um, still, you know, I'm very fortunate that we we still are in touch, and I'm glad about that. But I wanted to hear from you a little bit about uh, whether you were surprised when you heard or read about Paley's closing, whether you thought it might be happening. I mean, let's face it, everybody, no one's completely surprised right now if anybody closes a restaurant. But the Paley's, man, that was that was a big one. That, I, I mean, wasn't, if you look now. Yeah, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't entirely surprised. And I remember the day that, that Vitaly called me. Um, it was right after him and Kimberly had made the decision and, um, and, and he called and we talked like we talk and, and, and I really, when he told me the news, I was, I was, while I, you know, brought a little tear to my eye, really the tear was because I, I felt the truck lifting off of him. I felt the weight just, just like levitate, you know, and I, and I've always trusted Vitaly's decisions. Um, I've always trusted Kimberly's decisions. I've trusted everything that they've always said and done because they do everything with with meaning and purpose and thought. And and so I knew when that decision was made, it had been carefully, carefully analyzed and thought. And I and I know what their 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 biggest their their biggest hurdle was their staff. And that was always the way with Kimberly and Vitaly. You know, what's going to happen to the staff? It was never, ever about them. It was always about, well, what about the staff? What about the customers? What about our, our people? It, that, that's, that was a monumental decision, but I know after Vitaly talked to me and we talked about it, that that was the right decision because it, it, there's only so long you can, you can do that job and you can do that grind and live it and breathe it before, man, you, you, you got to just experience life and slow it down a little tiny bit. I'm so happy. And I think for they know guys. how to experience life. So I think that was the, you know, once we all digested what, what we heard, I think there was just what you said, a thinking of some relief and that, wow, they're going to actually, you know, they sh- surely have spent time in France. They know their way around and they've traveled, uh, you know, to uh, areas of, uh, to Georgia, the country, and, um, you know, they know their way around, and it's so wonderful. They're going to be able to enjoy themselves now. And, you know, let's face it, people in the hospitality industry need someone to talk them down, to say, would you just chill out a little bit? Now, I think there are some in the industry who get it, but others who are just killing themselves. And if, if one thing the virus did, I think it caused a lot of people to step back and say, how long, how do I, how long do I want to do this and how do I want to do this? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that 100%. I mean, we all did a little quick inventory and, and were able to quickly adjust and pivot and make the decisions that, right, that are right for ourselves and our relationships and our families and, and yeah, and you know, I, I love Kimberly and Vitaly. They taught me so, so much in in the world of operating and running businesses and not only about food, but but about people, you know, and and how to mentor and create people 
and and that you know is is a daunting task i mean i i'm was so fortunate and lucky to have them in my lives um you know for all of imperial all of headwaters all of penny diner all of Donetsk, all of rosa rosa all of the crown i mean wow you know whew, what a run do you have a um do you have a specific memory that comes to mind that makes you that was probably the happiest you've ever been? Do you have a moment where you said, "Man, I just love these people. I love this." Well, it was always. Uh, I'm sure there were many. <laughs> it was always in. The, it was always in the heat of battle. You know, when when we were looking at 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 odds that were there was no way that we could ever like get this done, like it at a winemaker dinner and it's 96 degrees and we're working in front of an oven. I mean, the, those, the memories that I have of working with, with the Paley's is we always, always won the battle. We always, no matter what, we always were able to find a way to get it done. And that's what I'll always What do you think remember. that ingredient is? What do you think that magic is? Because it's true. You're not just you're not just saying that. I can remember a few instances where things seem we, pretty challenging. We just never said just no. We just said, you said no. You can't. There was never no was never an answer. There was there there had to be a way. There there had to be a way to whether it was for a service element or a a, you know, having the wood fired grill oven at Imperial or the massive oyster bar at Headwaters, there, no was not an option. There was always a way. And that was the and thing about Kimberly Battalion. Do you think that I, I'm going to guess, yes, that comes from both of them. Do you think that yeah. had they not met and had they not been married and owning restaurants together, that either of them individually would have been able to pull off what they pulled off over the years without each other oh i don't know man a team is a, a team is the greatest thing man love can you know love and partnerships and, and great love and great partnerships can definitely conquer almost anything well that's uh what what came to mind when i was able to talk to them is you know most people if they're working together <laughs> That is not a good, great ingredient for a marriage. You know, when you're working together and then you're trying to spend some time together, there's a lot of stress that goes on in a business. Oh, my God, just sitting here like I am right now and looking at them on the other end of the uh, the call or the uh, however we produce this and seeing the love in their eyes for each other still after all of this, to me, um, was heartwarming and incredible. Is that an inspiration for you and Joni? Does that oh, may yeah. not be something you talk about, but does, do you think that helps you in your love life, uh, your romantic life? I mean, we we've, we've always talked about working together, doing stuff together, um, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that at this time in our lives, you know, the more time we can spend each other, the the more time we can be side by side the more powerful and the stronger the relationship becomes, you know, and, and looking at, at Kimberly and Vitaly and, and seeing what they, you know, how they look at each other and how they interact through the dining room on the floor, you know, it's business when it needs to be business and it's love when it needs to be love. You know, it, it's, it's a true inspiration. 
Well, also, what's beautiful about that is, yes, it was business, but the love came through the business. You felt that when you walked in the door at 100%. the restaurant. You, you felt all their love. And, and if you listen to, you read any interview with them or talk to them or listen to our interview, the word love comes through quite a bit. And it is not always in relation to each other. It's everything they did. Well, that, that's, that is definitely the definition of the Paley's. And, and the thing that I adore and, and probably will take away from working with them for eight, nine plus years is that, you know, they made everything with love. Everything was done with love. Everything was done with intention. Nothing was done to do it. It was done with intention. And it's like, you know, those meatballs that grandma used to make, it may not have been the greatest ingredients. It may not have been the greatest this or that. She might not have even been the greatest cook. But when she made them, she made them for you because she loved you and she made them with love and adoration. And Mm -hmm. I'll tell you something, them meatballs were good, right? I mean. Yeah, well, if any, you know, I don't know. I don't think anybody's ever going to experience done yet ever again and that to me was the ultimate expression oh that was true love yeah that was the ultimate expression of love and i'm so glad that uh i got to experience that a couple of times and i was there once with his when his mom was there so there was a there was an additional aspect of love going on yeah that particular and 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 that was you know an opening headwaters and being able to to dribble some of that stuff through that menu and the team the holiday tea menu. And I mean, that was, that was super special. That was a very, very special restaurant, you know? Yeah. Well, you're not done with special that much. I know. Um, do you think, and I don't necessarily know in the hospitality industry, do you think the Paley's are done? I mean, I could see them coming. I could see, you know, I don't know if he's going to pick up, sit down at a piano again or, Kimberly's going to be dancing again, but I can see that they're they're just very creative people that aren't going to be able to sit around and just look at the birds in the garden. I mean, I don't know. Vitaly and I have talked a couple different times about a couple different things, but you never know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, oh. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's, you know, I know he's going to take some time. I know that he also can't sit idle for very long. I do know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I don't know. It's hard to say. I know that he doesn't. They don't know either. No, they, right they, they, they don't I mean, know. I, I know. I, I know he wants to do some trips. Not, I know he's got some, some, uh, some road trips planned. And I know, um, you know, he's, he's going to go out and about and you know what happens when he did those road trips and you know what happens, you get inspired and you see things. And then all of a sudden inspiration comes around and what do you, you're looking at the three sisters or you're looking at, I mean, who knows what, you know, and then things start to happen. Well, it happened with me when I got recommendations from both John Gorham and Jose when I went to Barcelona in 2014. And on the plane back, I said, hey, that is a pretty special thing, getting chefs recommendations. How about we just go with them? And that was an extension of what we do with PFA. So not to divert to that, but yeah, I'm... In the back of my mind, I'm, you know, Vitaly sent me to meet Kate Hill in Gascony. And I, that was one of the greatest experiences I ever had. And then because you guys opened Headwaters, he had to cancel that trip that we had planned. I know. 
Well, but it's all okay. I knew what you were doing was was fantastic, and I got that great experience, but I don't necessarily think that uh, I've seen the last of that. Who knows? You never know, right? Yeah, you never know. So you just you just never know. So, um, geez, I, I don't really know what we can say more than has been said. I did want to at some point ask you, since you've spent some time in Bend and we have people who travel, if you have – some favorite places to recommend in Bend that aren't RBC. Um, well, I, I heard that Mexican restaurant across the way is supposed to be good. Am I right about that? Um, I, I can't. I'm not going to confirm or deny that. Um, but <laughs> okay. I, I, but I will say that um, for drinks um, and for a really cool um, bar atmosphere, um, there's this little place tucked in this little alley called in Tin Pan Alley about a block up the street from Domaine Serene called San Simon and that's a, like one of the local the local favorites and and then there's this other place just down by the crow's feet close to Drake Park called it's a little wine shop um, by David David Bodie is his name and it's called firm and ferment and and you can get like little charcuterie plates and great great off the cuff wine i mean wines that you'll never see that he pours by the glass so that's a great place and then for dinner i've been going quite a bit to bosa bosa food and wine um and and it's been just amazing that's up on galveston by a couple of um cool chefs nate king and his wife jenny king um, I put together a pretty cool little space up there. Handmade pasta, the whole nine yards. So Bosa, I'm writing these down. Bosa, B-O-S-A. Right. San Simone. San Simone. And San Simone. And firm and ferment. Firm and ferment. Okay. Yeah. You could have like I have like a cocktail, is- glass of wine, and then go have some have have some hand rolled pasta. I, I'm hoping everybody else who's listening to this was writing that down just as I was, because what happens is I'll ask that question and then, so I need to put it in a file yeah. as opposed to have it on the podcast to go. I, I Listen, I want everybody to come back to the podcast and listen to it again because it's worth it. But um, thank you for those suggestions. And Garrett, I sincerely thank you for your time. Um, this was a pleasure. It's really easy to do this podcast when someone is s- such an awesome individual and we get to catch up a little bit. I yeah, kill man. a few birds with one stone here. So I love it, brother. Hey, thank That's- you so much and peace and love to you. And, um, yeah. and I'll see you soon. Yeah, back at you and Joni and and John and Renee and everybody that you have met down there. I'm I'm thinking, isn't it awesome? Think about a year from now when you think about all the new friends and new people you've met because you changed locations. And um, it it just adds depth to your life. So I wish you the best down there. And um, selfishly, I wish I see you soon there too and get to go to a few of these places and see you outside of work. Because I know you're always, you know, your uh, your balls to the wall. I'm trying. Work, so. I'm trying this work life balance, man. Five days on, two days off. I'm 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 really I'm really pushing for the four days on, three days off. We'll see how that goes. Well, yeah, that's that's a good balance, <laughs> and someday maybe two two five. You never know. Yeah. So, um, um, all right, Garrett. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. And um, 
we'll see you soon. All right. We have to. I'm gonna. We'll make that commitment. Right so. on, brother. Thanks. Okay. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right